for your retirement. If you want to retire, put a certain amount of money aside every month and just, just only invest in that. If you've happened to be lucky enough to have extra money and you want to try these wild gambles, do that. And I think that was very sage advice. Welcome to The Financial Checkup, a podcast series devoted to improving the financial health and retirement readiness of physicians and their spouses or common law partners. This series is brought to you by the award-winning Advantages Retirement Plan from OMA Insurance. Hello, everyone. I'm Priya Singh Kushni, Director at OMA Insurance, plan sponsor of the award-winning Advantages Retirement Plan for Ontario doctors. This program is a first-of-its-kind group retirement savings plan designed to help physicians and their spouse or common-law partners. The purpose of the program is to provide medical students, residents, and physicians a way to begin saving for the retirement at any stage of their life and career. The Retirement Talk series is where we invite physicians from across the province to get personal with us on what retirement will look like for them and to share with us how they're preparing for that next phase. In this episode, we're excited to welcome Dr. Sohil Gandhi, past president of the Ontario Medical Association. Welcome, Dr. Gandhi. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure there, Priya. Great. And how are you doing today? I'm doing uh, very well, actually. We're still in the midst of the pandemic, but uh, it looks like we're coming out of wave three as we talk, and that gives me hope. So I feel good. Excellent. Great to hear that. And so before we dive into our conversation today, more focused on retirement, I'd love for you to take a few moments to share with us about yourself, uh, perhaps telling us just what led you to becoming a physician and any other interesting facts that you'd like to share. So I am a physician towards, uh, I guess, towards the end of my career now. I've been a family physician for 29 years in the town of Stainer, Ontario, which is a town of 4,000 people. I decided to become a physician when I was in high school. I thought that was a really noble profession to be, and I still feel it's a very noble profession. And I got into it because I generally wanted to help other people. I was taught by my grandfather, who was one of my role models, or if not my main role model, that it's really important to always help other people. And this seemed to me to be an ideal profession to do that in. That's excellent. It's always interesting to see, you know, who inspires you to to take flight in this journey because it definitely very noble cause and uh, you know a number of years of studying to be in the profession and 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 a journey. Uh, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a little different in my time because when I got into med school, and this will certainly date me, but <laughs> you could you could get into university or you could get into medical school after only two years of university. So you didn't even have to have a bachelor's degree. Uh, and that was, uh, I was fortunate enough to be in that group. And uh, you could get into uh, a practice after only doing one year of internship. Uh, I actually did a residency in family practice. So I did my two years, but uh, it was certainly a different time. And uh, it's been neat to see how medicine has evolved over the past uh, 30 years. Oh my goodness, that is fascinating. I'm sure any of the medical students or residents listening to our talk today are going, what? <laughs> um, so definitely it has evolved over time, but to your point, it definitely has, has come a long way. So is there any other interesting facts that you'd like to share with us uh, You know about yourself on a personal note? Yeah, so I am, as I said, small town family physician. So I still consider myself a, a rural family physician. I go to the hospital every morning, see my patients in hospital, then go to wherever I, I go to. 
Uh, I spend most of my time trying to keep my four sons in line. I'm failing spectacularly at that task, but I, I keep continue to keep trying. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to live in an area where spending a lot of time outdoors is actually easy to do. And I, I rather enjoy that. And it can be anything as simple as, as bicycling to the office on the trail that runs from my house right to my office, or it can be skiing in the winter and, and snowshoeing. So it's nice to be able to, to just spend outside, time outside. So I really enjoy that. That's awesome. And I give you kudos for raising four young men. I know that's no easy feat. Uh, so congratulations to, uh, you know, to you on that journey. And also, you know, just being able to have that work-life balance, it sounds like with the outdoors is really important. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, so when we look at just, you know, other physicians that are kind of uh, thinking about retirement and just Canadians in general, what we know is that there's some professions that have the luxury of, you know, being able to plan and prepare and start that process of winding down their business or practice ahead of time. And some, it's just a journey and you kind of get to an age and you then are retiring. So can you tell us in terms of your practice and and what you're doing in your practice today, what are your thoughts about the next chapter of your life? Have you thought about that succession planning piece and, and what that looks like for you? So I'm fortunate in that I still have about you know, I still, I, I feel like I have about 10 good years left in me uh, still, as far as succession planning goes. So in terms of me actually having decided, okay, you know, I need to find someone or, or how I'm going to start to recruit from things. Uh, I, I'm still at the stage where I can sit back and say, you know, so much has changed over 30 years in terms of how physicians treat people in terms of how physicians offices are run in terms of what's required of us as physicians that I think it would be a little bit premature for me to do that. But I do think it's important for for everyone, uh, not just me, but for everyone to at least have an idea, even when they start their careers, in terms of saying, you know, if, if things are ideal, and if everything goes the way I'd like to, I could see myself working until X age, and then at X age, whatever X happens to be, uh, I'd start to slow down because that, that really helps you to plan uh, a little bit better. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, it is definitely, you know, ideal when you're looking at the time horizon and just looking at what, where you are in your particular uh, stage in life and in your career to see what that looks like. And, you know, one of the things that we looked at when we were um, evaluating group retirement savings plan for OMA members was just the research And so just discovering that about 40% of physicians that responded to the research uh, between the ages of 50 and 64 really felt that they were not confident um, and that they would have enough money to maintain their current lifestyle in the retirement years. And so just thinking about that a little bit, because it's a pretty high number, what do you think is leads to that? Is it, is it just not enough time or just a lot of priorities happening. What, what would be your thoughts on, you know, that confidence not being there that uh, they'll be able to maintain the same lifestyle? Yeah, well, I'll tell you the number that actually surprised me even more than that number, Priya. Uh, when I was president, and I remember looking through all the data that you had provided on the survey results, what, what really shocked me is that 25% of the people who were inquiring, 25% of the physicians, I should say, who were inquiring about the Advantages program 
were already age 65 and above, right? And these mm-hmm. are people who should not be inquiring about that program. These are people that should already have some pocket of funds in some way put aside to provide for a retirement. So I, I found that number even more shocking. That's that's very true and very telling because you're you're absolutely right. We we did find that once uh, the program launched uh, under your leadership in 2020, that we had a number of retired physicians calling us and saying, "Where was this when I was, uh, you know, actively working?" And it would have been great if the O may had this earlier. So mm-hmm. so it, it is definitely interesting to see that that number is very high and you know when you when you look at that what would be your sort of thoughts or views to physicians who are in that demographic or approaching you know what would be your views on what they can do to kind of maybe look at that journey for the next phase. Yeah. So a couple of things. I think that to your to a first point that you'd asked that I don't think I got the uh, I got a chance to answer, which I think is also a very important question. I think we need to recognize as a profession that most of us, not all of us, we have some very very bright uh, financial gurus in our profession, and and you know all power to them and uh, and congratulations on being that uh, financially literate. But for the most part, we're all tired, right? Like right. we're, we're overworked. We are all working 60, 65 hours a week to begin with. And that is before we uh, look at call responsibilities on top of that. Mm-hmm. And it's all well for financial advisors and, and gurus to come to you and say, okay, you're someone who's got, you know, a, a decent income compared to the rest of society. Hey, guess what? We can help you make all sorts of money. All you have to do is spend, you know, half an hour a week looking at your finances. Spend a half an hour every Sunday looking at your financial situation and review it. I have to tell you, physicians don't even have that half an hour for the most part, right? We, right. we just don't have that time. And, and most of us don't really have the financial literacy. Some, some do, but most of us really don't. And, and what's really important to help us would be to have our organization support us to provide a service where you can just say, okay, you know what? I can afford to put in X number of dollars a month, whatever that number happens to be, because it's going to be different for different people. I will put X dollars amount a month away. And I know that when I hit uh, 65 or most physicians retire when they're 70 or, you know, whatever age, that means that I will be guaranteed X amount of income every month for the rest of my life, right? That's the kind of thing that physicians really need. And, and unfortunately, we've never had that until, until now, uh, where we have the services that you can provide that will allow us to, to, to have that kind of, of guarantee and that kind of, of support. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's very interesting point because those were key criteria that also came out in, in the research is, you know, having something that was easy, right? Uh, quick, flexible, because time is of the essence. And, and when you're, you're starved for time because you're busy taking care of patients and, and doing the good work that physicians do in the province, it's very hard to find that five, 10 minutes to your point. So Creating the Advantages Retirement Plan was looking at flexibility and making something easy online available 24 hours, seven days a week so that physicians have that control 
They can go in, poke around, read. If they need help, contact one of my team members at OMA Insurance Advisor to get some assistance. And to your point, you know, the uh, long-awaited guaranteed lifetime income product was recently launched two weeks ago, and the influx of calls have, have actually gone up. And it is thinking about longevity and thinking about outliving your money. And so with this guaranteed lifetime income piece, we're trying to protect that, give physicians an opportunity to purchase some of that guaranteed lifetime income that is going to outlive or outlast, if you will, their life. So very important piece. And when you think about your own retirement, you know, when you decide 10 years from now that it's time, what does that look like for you? What's your vision? So my personal vision is that I will have enough money that's been put away that there will be uh, during my retirement uh, a reasonable income. I, I, you know, I won't need as much uh, then as I do now because hopefully by that time the kids will be all grown up and out of the house and no longer in university. Uh, but you know that will allow me to be comfortable. I, you know, I'm not looking. I'm personally not looking to to own a yacht or or have a private airplane or some such thing, but to allow me to just you know live comfortably take a couple of trips every year, you know, have a, have a vehicle where I can drive around different parts of Ontario because I really enjoyed doing that when I was uh, president uh, of the OMA. Those, those kind of things are really important to me. And, and I don't want to have to worry. I, I want uh, a certain amount of money deposited into my bank account on the 1st or 15th or whatever day of the month it happens to be. And, and know that that money will be there every single month so that I can do those, those simple things that I'd like to do. That's excellent. And so when you're thinking of that vision and sort of having that uh, ideal view, what plans have you put in place today to help you with realizing that, that goal in your retirement? In terms of planning, I, I think that, you know, I've been through the uh, different financial advisors and stuff in the past, uh, all mm. of whom were very well-meaning. And all of whom certainly were very well qualified, but all of whom also, you know, they also wanted to make money. They wanted to give me good advice because if they give good advice, they make money as well. Um, but also who required, again, it's the time aspect, right? They required, uh, they offered online uh, booking and stuff and, on, or, and online looking at your uh, information and stuff and, and, and all of that, but all of whom required me to go through you know, these are the stocks that you've got now, or these are the, uh, the funds that you own now, and this is how you track the funds, and this is how you see the progress, and oh, this is who you call if you think the progress isn't what it should, you know, all that. It was time, right? Like, there's just, mm -hmm. just that extra time that was involved, uh, and, and that's why I'm, I'm as you know, I'm a, I'm a member of the Advantages Retirement Program. I've got my, I've got income that goes in there, and it's just, I'm putting the money away. Some professional who's taking a very low uh, margin and, and Priya, you know what the, you know, what the points are on it. I don't even know, but I know they're the lowest around mm -hmm. uh, is, is investing that and is making the money for me. And there's just, just, there's just a sense of security, right? That when I decide, okay, it's time for me to, uh, to stop working. There's a sense of security that there'll be funds there and I will have a monthly income that's uh, going to carry me on through my later years in life. 
Excellent. And, and you know what, it, it's to your point, the, the idea of looking at your own portfolio and trying to pick your stocks or read up on this fact sheet, this fun fact file, it all becomes you know, a lot and it can be quite daunting to try and figure that out while also doing your regular day job. So uh, definitely fees were considered uh, quite closely when we created this program because it was one of the pillars that differentiates the plan and using the buying power of OMA insurance group uh, insurance product, we were able to negotiate a very cost-effective uh, and low fee for the group retirement savings plan. OMA insurance's program has been around for 65 years. So uh, building on that success is what allowed us to launch and provide this program which is as close as we can get to a pension-like plan. And so when you think about just, you know, all of those things of easy, you know, someone's looking out for you, governance is also a big, important factor for OMA members. So we do have that Advantages Retirement uh, Plan Investment Committee that has the complete oversight, industry experts, to make sure that you do uh, receive that value and that return when you're ready to take that income. So definitely took into consideration those pieces. And so it's important that we're listening. And so Dr. Gandhi, it's great to hear you say that because when thinking about you know, that next step and how you prepare from your experience and looking at your peers and colleagues that are probably in the same situation where they've got families, they've got uh, a practice, bright, uh, what would be any advice that you would tell them when it comes, well, not even advice, I would say, what would be your view? What would you want to share in part on them that made you join the program? I think the best advice that I could give would again be that it's really important to, to recognize that if the company that you're working with for your retirement, whatever organization there is, if they are an organization that is supported by your own membership organization, then I think the value that you're going to get out of it is going to be higher. I think that it's important to realize that one of the most successful products that we've actually had as far as the Ontario Medical Association goes, and it's through our subsidiary at OMA Insurance, of course, uh, is the disability insurance policies, right? Uh, those politics policies have been around for a number of years, and they've been lauded for uh, reasonable rates. They've been lauded for, um, you know, not gouging physician members, and 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 that's because they're run by a subsidiary of the OMA, uh, whose role is to protect physicians and to have physicians' backs. And I think the same concept should apply to the retirement. If the retirement funds are run by a subsidiary of the OMA or governed or overseen or whatever the legal term is, because I, I don't want to get tripped up by the legal terms, then, then there should be that same level of confidence that, you know, these are low cost, high value products that will provide an income for you. You know, I've got some peers who buy, was it the, the Motley Fool or something or some, <laughs> you know, some yeah. investment magazine and, and are going through this all the time and some stocks hit and some stocks miss. And, you know, you can do that kind of stuff. And if you're, again, if you're one of those few physician members, I got to tell you, there really aren't that many who are financially very literate and financially really bright, 
then absolutely go do that kind of stuff. But most of us truly just just aren't really good at it. And we should we should go to an organization that really has a history of supporting us, having our backs, who our own memberships dues go to support, uh, and, and that will look after us properly. Thank you for that. I mean, it definitely, uh, you know, the organization is being responsive and just focusing on the values of the OMA of being innovative and bold. You know, putting those two core values in play by offering this program is really trying to capture everything you just mentioned. And, and to be able to provide that as the subsidiary, OMA Insurance, that is, um, you know, it just builds on the long tenured history of other risk management products we've been providing just to make sure that, you know, physicians are busy and they're taking care of patients. And, and you know this more than anyone else. Who's taking care of you? Right. So that's why OMA insurance and OMA wants to look at that piece, like taking care of yourself first, because often physicians are not thinking themselves, thinking of themselves as their number one asset. Um, So you have to protect your number one asset, which is you. And so that's the, the entire purpose of, you know, when you look at the journey of, you know, building your career, getting into practice, thinking about succession planning, which we talked about, and then where you are right now. It sounds like you're you're well under on on your way, Dr. Gandhi. Is there any last words or comments that you would like to share as a as a parting note before we wrap up today? Probably the best piece of advice, financial advice that I got uh, was from a preceptor that I had when I was a resident. And what the preceptor emphasized to me was that there would be rather a lot of people who you know, will approach you as a physician, a lot of, and in fairness, they're well-meaning. No one actually, or, or not, very few of them actually want to do you harm, uh, but people who will have all sorts of financial advice, uh, stock tip advice, you know, advice on you know, how to invest your money in foreign currencies and like, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. And he just said that if you're not careful, you're going to learn the hard way that you're really not as, just because you're a physician doesn't mean that you're a financial advisor. And just because you're a physician doesn't mean that you can day trade properly. Very, very few of us can. And at the time, the only thing that was available for for him and for people uh, in that era was to try and and invest in funds that were indexed to the, the Toronto Stock Exchange 35. And he just said, you know, just for your retirement, if you want to retire, put a certain amount of money aside every month and just, just only invest in that. If you've happened to be lucky enough to have extra money and you want to try these wild gambles, do that. And I think that was very sage advice for the time because he, he pointed out that there are all these traps that you can fall into uh, as a physician. Now, of course, we have this great new product, which is uh, supported by the OMA and OMA Insurance. Uh, which is an organization that is designed to work for physicians and only work for physicians. So now we physicians have this other option where the retirement money that they want, they can put aside uh, through OMA insurance. And, you know, if they really want to try being financial wizards and make killings on day trading or whatever, then, you know, you can do that with extra money that you that you may or may not have. But your retirement income should go into something that's 
reasonably safe, reasonably conservative, and, and it'll get you there. Thank you for that. hundred percent. It's, uh, you know, there's the money that you, you need to set, forget, let it do its thing and uh, be secure. And then there's the, the play money, the money mm-hmm. that you, you know, can spend and um, maybe not be too worried about if you, if you have some losses there. I do want to say thank you so much, Dr. Gandhi, for your time today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, getting to know you better and uh, getting your perspective on retirement readiness uh, for yourself. Um, For those listening, thank you so much for listening to the Financial Checkup. If you are an Ontario physician, do check out the Advantages Retirement Plan Program at omainsurance.com slash retire for more tips education, and to engage with an OMA insurance advisor for any other uh, educational pieces or information that you need. Thank you so much and wishing everyone a wonderful day. The Financial Checkup Series is produced in collaboration with OMA Insurance and Commonwealth, the administration and technology partner for the Advantages Retirement Plan.